8.04 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. This hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet, campbell-pound.com today. And we are also brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. Uh, we are working on getting iMac on the line here. Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet's very own. A reminder, it is a a virtual buffet of sports this evening. All the different flavors you could imagine. You have a, a bunch of NHL action. Regular season, so it matters. You have Monday Night Football, Chargers-Broncos. Two reasons to watch that. First of all, to hope Russell Wilson continues to struggle, but also one. the Chargers are the Seahawks' next opponent. Oh, that's right. I do my pre-scout, and nice. then I send my notes to Pete Carroll. Brofsky, <laughs> uh, they're just eating tape all night and <laughs> spying on Justin Herbert. And then, of course, uh, Game 5, Yankees, Guardians. Winner takes all one game from the Bronx. Uh, gets to face the Astros in the ALCS. So it's a great night for sports. Settle into your couch, folks. Start working on that groove. But it, it, everything starts with the Canucks and Caps at 4 o'clock. Joining us now to preview that and to look back on the weekend that was, it's Sportsnet's very own Ian McIntyre here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, iMac. How are you? I'm doing very well. And I heard something that uh, I had not known, and of course I, I love learning, yes. that Mike Halford was a premier-level soccer player in his youth oh uh, is this true or false uh, i don't know uh i play i played play a, college soccer yeah yeah, good. yeah yeah i i play i was yeah I, I played at a high level i guess I, re- relatively i played college i played uh vancouver metro premier league for a while still play now as a matter of fact but now it's the master's version over 35 yes. but yeah no i well it's it is my first true love footy it's my first passion well well that's good to know i still play as well or i will once i can get my uh, right knee scoped, which I've been waiting for for four months. But my age group's a little older. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny now is that it's an over 35 Premier League. Right. And yeah. now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, man, that kid looks good. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're, all, we're all old, but I'm oh. so old that I look down yeah. on the ones that are like just on the right side. Look at that 35. kid go. Life has only yeah. started to beat him down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Give it eight years, pal. Anyway. Um, well, okay. here, here's, here's what you have to look forward to as you move up in age groups. Every time you get to a new age level, you're the fastest guy on the team. Yeah, I've I've been told that by the guys that just made the jump to over forty five. They're like, "This is invigorating. I'm the fastest. Yeah. I'm the fastest guy out here." Anyway, okay, <laughs> let's focus on the Canucks instead of all right. uh, my my so called soccer career. Um, it is early early days for sure, and we've talked about that. But um, there's a couple things that we have harped on. One was just the overall performance in Philly, which was not good. The second was for a team that is wearing unfinished business shirts and with a head coach that said it would be a disaster if we make the playoffs, no matter the process, no matter anything, having a 3 nothing lead in your first game, having a 2 nothing lead in your second game, and coming out of them with zero points is not a good thing. No. In fact, it's, it's a very not, good, not a good thing uh, because – it's so it's so difficult to to win on the road generally, and and you look through the schedule and I I know that we do it, and the players won't admit to doing it, but they know which games are the quote unquote winnable ones. So Edmonton, that's a tough game 
to win uh, Oilers home opener against McDavid and Drysdale, and yet they're up three nothing. So those are those are like bonus points, and the players wouldn't think exactly in those terms. But that's a hard game to win. They're up three nothing. They get nothing. Well, then they come to Philadelphia, and on this road trip, I know that Columbus is is scuffling here at the start, but they're usually a hard out, and especially in Columbus, it's not not a city of joy for for the Canucks traditionally. So they go to Philadelphia, and that's the most winnable game. And they're up 2 nothing in that game and get nothing. And now the road trip gets harder with, with three and four starting today against Washington and ending against a Minnesota team that's a lot of people's dark horse pick to do something this season. So it, it, it's really troubling uh, in the sense that they should have three or at least three points. And even if they had three, we'd be talking about a disappointment of one of the games from blowing a lead. Instead, they have zero. Their, their, pro, their special teams have been awful. But otherwise, the process has been okay. But if they don't start getting rewarded, there's going to be games where the process isn't okay. And they don't give themselves a 2 nothing or 3 nothing lead and don't win those games. So although we're only two in here out of 82, there's a lot of urgency uh, around this team right now. You could feel it in the dressing room yesterday uh, after practice. Hopefully, uh, we see it in the game tonight. Does the fact that they've blown two leads, um, I mean, I, I, to me, does it not stoke the fires of this team does not have as many good two-way, def- two-way players that can are good offensively but also can be counted on defensively? No, I don't think it's that. I think any team, no matter what your makeup is in this league, if you're up three nothing, you should be able to see out see out the game. Because even the guys who who uh, maybe the strength of their game is not the defensive half of the ice, they still understand how they're supposed to play. You know, you you take care of the puck, you protect the front of your net, you don't take penalties, you. Uh, make it hard on the other team if they're gonna if they're gonna come back from three nothing we'll make them break you down and yeah. the Canucks the Canucks didn't do that so I don't see it so much as a personnel issue I still see it as part of the culture issue which you know I'll try not to talk about every Monday when I'm on the show no it's relevant but, you know, it's relevant keep yeah. hammering away at it like this team yeah, has not shown that it is a team exactly and and the culture the thing it's not oh try harder like the guys are trying. It's not just, oh, try harder, work harder. You got to be smarter. You got to be situationally aware of what's happening in games. And, and uh, as I said, you've got, to, you've got to be difficult to play against. They haven't been difficult to play against. And, and then, you know, all that discussion is aside from the special teams, which has just been an abject disaster. Even with all the things that we're talking about, you know, uh, underperformance of Miller, uh, Bo Horvat, who I wrote about yesterday, has not had a very good start, and, and neither have his line mates, who are experienced guys, his line mates for tonight, Besser and Pearson. They haven't started well. Aside from all that, if they didn't have a 6-1 deficit on special teams, they might have won both those games. They probably would have. So, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to for a second suggest it's as simple as just be better on the power play and don't give up shorthanded goals because there's a there's some a lot of other flaws that we're seeing in these two games. But 
uh, I think it's also indicative of what the team is capable of, that even with all these other flaws, if they'd just taken care of five-on-four play, they could be 2-0 and instead of 0-2. We are speaking to Sportsnet's Ian McIntyre here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, iMac, I'm, I can hear pucks in the background there. We're, I'm just scouring through Twitter. So the Caps are off the ice now. Kemper was first off. Sounds like he's going to start. No Kuznetsov in the skate. Connor McMichael might end up playing some minutes at center. So we got the Caps side of things. When the Canucks take for their morning skate, what are you anticipating in terms of lines? What might we see tonight? I know you already alluded to one change. Yeah, well, basically, uh, we're not going to be. I'm not going to be able to tell you from the morning skate because right now, I think there's about eight or nine guys twirling. Okay, and that's all we're likely to see. Um, it's an optional this morning, but I do think they'll they'll practice in the lines that they, uh, or they'll play in the lines that they practiced in yesterday, and which means the big change is essentially uh, JT Miller's wingers are swapping with old Horvat swingers. So you're going to see Horvat, Horvat Besser, and Pearson, Podkoles, and Miller, and Garland. Uh, we saw uh, yesterday that Curtis Lazar had been promoted to Hoaglander's spot uh, on a line with Pedersen and Kizmenko. I think we'll see that. And then Hoaglander on the fourth line. The more interesting thing tonight is going to be what they do uh, about their defense with, you know, Tucker Pullman out, Myers and Dermot already out. Uh, they've called up Juleson, and they have Rathbone. And, and my assumption yesterday was, well, Rathbone's been the seventh guy. You know, he's been with the team practicing all, all along this trip. He'll draw in. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe they're going to go with Juleson because, yeah. you know, they're they, – they're not a big de- they have some big defensemen but they're not a big defense if that makes sense but they're really not a big defense when you take Myers and Poolman out and and Dermot's you know okay size so maybe they go with Juleson maybe they go with Rathbone but they're going to be missing you know three of three of their top six defensemen with Myers uh, I know that there was some hope internally that he might be well enough whatever his undisclosed injury is he might be well enough to join the team before this trip ends but when you're looking at the schedule this is a this would be an almost impossible trip to jump into when you've been injured and out for a couple of weeks because again they're starting three and four nights they're not going to practice on the day between games in columbus and minnesota I just don't see how you bring a guy back from injury and he can't even get in one skate. So I think they're going to be going with the defenseman they have. There was some good news. Sorry, I'm rambling on here. No, no, no. Soliloquy. But uh, there was, you know, some hopeful signs yesterday that, that, you know, Travis or Travis Tucker Pullman is, is still with the team. He felt better yesterday than he did on Saturday. And, I'm not sure that I'm going to see him out this morning, but we'll see. We'll see if he comes out. In fact, I see him now. Number five. There he is. Circled in front of me. So he's he's at least taking the skate, which is a really good sign because what he dealt with last year, you would you would want 
to wish that on on nobody. That's really awful stuff. The neurological mm-hmm. complications from migraines. Most people don't understand awful. what it is. Awful. But but it's it's terrible. It's terrible. So the fact that he's back on the ice now, two days later, that's a good sign. Uh, is it unlikely that Mikheyev plays tonight? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We've been waiting uh, for him, and I know Bruce Boudreau has been waiting for him. But I think this is this is kind of a you know a, a fairly typical case where it's a matter of medical staff and player getting to the comfort level where he can get back in the lineup. And uh, I'm not I don't want to suggest that you know Mikheyev has been cleared and just doesn't feel like he can play. I think they're just being being careful with him. We know that he's missed an awful lot of time, you know, getting hurt on the very uh, opening night of the preseason. Uh, but if he doesn't if he doesn't play before the trip, uh, I think you can wonder whether there's something more going on because certainly he's supposed to return at some point on this trip. I I don't think it's going to be tonight based on how they practiced yesterday. But you know, he's he's had two full practices with the team now in contact Jersey and has looked pretty good. Certainly his speed is there. So they're, they're hoping to get him back soon. Imac, tell us a bit more about your conversation with Bo Horvat. Uh, he's played two games. He's played his regular big minutes over 20 minutes a night. Uh, just hasn't done much to get noticed though. Yeah. I, I, he said before the season, of course, this is going to be an ongoing issue uh, all year until it's resolved one way or another. Uh, about his contract. He said he you know, wouldn't be distracted by it, had to focus, wasn't going to let it affect him, but you know, he looks a little distracted. So I just uh, I wanted to put the question to him, and he said, you know, candidly, it, it, that's always in the back of your mind, but he's, he, uh, he sort of reiterated, he just can't let it bother him, that, that if he goes out and plays well and the team does well, then everybody's happy. And that's a that's a far better scenario than everybody being unhappy, whether you're signed or not. But he hasn't he hasn't looked himself uh, in these two games. He hasn't had, you know, that that combination of speed and power with the puck that we're accustomed to seeing. You know, he hasn't been backing off uh, defenders. He hasn't been, you know, getting to the net at even strength. Uh, the way that we're we're used to seeing, I think he's been far from their worst player, but really of their of their big three centers in, in Miller, Horvat, and Pedersen, the only guys really playing well is Pedersen, and they need more than just him. What do you think he's feeling about the Vancouver Canucks and his relationship with the team? Uh, they prioritized JT Miller or at the very least. They got a deal done with JT Miller. Is he feeling at all disrespected? Uh, I can't. I can't get in his head in that way. Uh, I don't know, and uh, certainly he didn't share any kind of sentiments like that with me. Any time that I've talked to him, uh, including going back to last year, and I know that there's been a lot more waiting for him for a contract since then. But going back to last year, he's you know basically wants to be a lifetime Canuck. So in that respect, I'm I'm sure that he's disappointed that. He hasn't got a deal done. Uh, I'm sure he's wondering, you know, how much does the team want me if they haven't signed me? But you know, these are these. <laughs> there's always two sides negotiating these things, and clearly they're at a standoff. They haven't found any middle ground. 
iMac, thanks a lot for doing this today. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of the trip. We'll do this again next Monday. I I will look forward to that, and I can tell you, I think, you know, the sense of urgency that the team feels is reflected in this optional skate because there's about 15 guys out there. I think it's also reflected in the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket as well. There's a lot of urgency from Canucks fans. Thanks, iMac. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Ian McIntyre here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of Grip Auto & Tire. Quality service you can trust in 14 locations to serve you. Okay. We're going to do four what we learns, all of us at the round table here. I guess it's not even really a round table anymore. It's like a moon table. Anyway, uh, we're all going to do one. Who, who wants to start? Laddie, A-Dog, Bruff, Halford, who? I got Someone you. Go. Someone go. A-Dog's going to yeah. start. Go, A-Dog. What did you learn over the last 72 hours? I learned Boudreau is going for a milestone today in D.C. He's taking another shot at recording career win number 600 while visiting his old stomping grounds in Washington where he recorded his first 201 wins in parts of five seasons with the Caps. He can become third head coach in NHL history to record his 600th career win against the team he began his coaching career with. He can also become the 22nd head coach in NHL history to reach said milestone. What a remarkable coaching career because he he toiled in the minors for so long. He didn't get his first. I want to say he was 53 when he got his first NHL head coaching job, right? And you, I mean, now that's you're a dinosaur if you're getting your first job at 53. I mean, Jeremy Colton had one when he was 16, right? It's like it's it's remarkable, and it's been a fantastic career. Um, you hope that there will be some postseason success. Maybe it's the only cup with Vancouver. Just throwing it out there. Sure, throw it out there. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, good job. Uh, hopefully Bruce can get it tonight in uh, D.C. as well. Okay, Mook, how that? You want to go, Laddie? Sure, yeah. Okay. Bruce did also did have that long uh, hockey career, by the way, that kind of got in the way of coaching. Oh, yes, but, that's uh, right, the hockey career. <laughs> what we learned, a lot of anticipation for the Canucks home opener. Well, the Seattle Kraken home opener probably couldn't have gone any worse. Listen to it. Opening face-off for the home opener, Yanni Gord and... Wah of Vegas and sit back and enjoy this one. Off the draw now. Yanni Gord peppered by William Carrier. In front they score! It's Keegan Kolazar. Uh, it took about 10 seconds <laughs> to start the game. A lot of anticipation around the Kraken this year, maybe tempered a bit by the start. Uh, so they lost in, I want to say they lost in Anaheim to start. Was that correct? Troy Terry scored in overtime? Yeah, that was the long stretch pass by Gibson. Yeah, and then... Um, They've got the crack. They've got the the Canes tonight, and I don't know what to expect from the Kraken at all this season. I know that there was heightened expectations because they tried really hard in the preseason. Like I know I had a few different people message me sort of offline, being like, "You really have to pay attention to what the Kraken are doing because Hackstall is treating preseason games like regular season games, like only giving his fourth line six or seven minutes of ice, calling timeouts." to draw stuff up on the whiteboard in an exhibition game. And I think that they were trying to instill a sense of there's urgency to win. I'm just not sure they're good enough to actually do it when the games matter. Well, I've also been told that they're giving Martin Jones every opportunity to be the starter there. I don't know if that bodes well for the season that they're going to have, but that's uh, that's what the Kraken are doing. Mookow. Ah. Bruff, you want to go or do you want to pass? What do you want to do? What do you want to no, do? No, I'll do, do a real quick do? one. Uh, I learned that uh, Saturday night in Vancouver, it's going to be pretty crazy downtown. Elton John at BC Place, Canucks at Sabres at Rogers Arena, mm -hmm. and I think there's a big comedy show too. You know Jim Jeffries, that Aussie guy. Yes, I think he's playing a show too. Ooh. I'm actually going to Elton John, yes. and I'm like, uh, how am I going to get there? Because it's going to be pretty tough to get an Uber out of there afterwards. Helicopter. 
helicopter. Yeah, the helicopter's down right now. Teleport. This is honestly, this is gonna be a huge Saturday night in Vancouver. It's gonna be crazy. You got backstage passes for Elton John? Uh, no, but uh, (laughs) please do not uh, do not make fun of me going to Elton John. I am very much looking forward to this. Why would anyone Um, make fun of you for going Elton John? Yeah, a few people have texted and like Elton John. I'm like, yeah, Elton John. He's He's awesome. He's got some hits. What's your favorite Elton John song? Some hits. He's got a few. Across the water. Can you feel the love tonight? Oh, come on. No, no, no. Circle of life. Do we don't do that. We don't do his movie stuff as much. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I like I like his old stuff. Oh no, like, he does he does have some really good old stuff. Of course. Take me to the pilot, that sort of sort of thing. Like that I I, I I'm I mean, still standing, I, perhaps? No, I never liked that song to be oh, perfect. Hold me closer, honest, Tony Danzer. Yeah, like Tiny Dancer's awesome. Yeah, it's a great track. Um, Pretty sure it's Tony Danzer. Oh, at any rate, uh, this is almost a public service to the listeners too. Like if you're going downtown on Saturday to whatever, maybe you're going to Jim Jeffries or you're going to the Canucks game or you're going to Elton John, like beware that it's going to be crazy down there. So just plan ahead. Give us a moo cow. Those Elton John fans get violent. <laughs> <laughs> the John heads. They're a bunch of English. Um, okay. I just want to say very quickly, I know we're up against some time. We got to go to break, but um, this was a very, very good and very rewarding weekend for Canadian soccer as we get amped up for the World Cup, okay? Uh, Alfonso Davies returned to action for Bayern, right? Got to play the full match. That was a bit of a concern because he had suffered a head injury mm-hmm. if he was booted in the face by Jude Bellingham against Dortmund in Der Klassiker. So that was great. Um, I doubt you have looked at this, but go and look at the leading scorers in the French League right now because on the top of that list are Neymar, Messi, Lacazette, but atop it all, Jonathan David, leading the French League with nine goals. He's actually tied with Neymar, but I digress. So that's good. So you got Davies back healthy, David in form. Now, I'll say this. We kind of have to start quietly rooting for CF Montreal, Clubfoot Montreal, as they're known. Uh, They won their playoff game against Orlando yesterday. They are stacked with guys that are going to be on the Canadian team that's going to Qatar, including Kamal Miller and Alistair Johnson and Samuel Piet. And the most interesting one is Ismail Kone, who's 20 years old. He scored the game-winning goal for Montreal last night against Orlando. He's already gotten a bunch of offers from overseas. Uh, Norwich, used to be in the Premier League, has already made a bid on him. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a thought that because the center of Canada's midfield is kind of up for grabs, that he could actually be the guy that goes in and plays with Eustachio. Because even though he's 20 and he's really inexperienced, right. he's like, he. a lot of people are saying like, Buchanan landed overseas, David, Davies, obviously. Kone's going to be the next one to join that group. So watch CF Montreal and root for them if you want to see Canada do well at the World Cup. I have a question for you before you mook how that. Okay. Um, how well is Jonathan David playing right now? He's, I mean, he's leading one of the big five leagues in Europe in scoring. He's, is that good? He's is that tre- good? Yeah, it's tremendous. Again, good? look, go to the list. He's <laughs> got more goals than Mbappe. He's got more goals than Messi. He's got more goals than Lacazette and Ben Yedder. Like, he is playing phenomenal. And his finishing is top rate. Does right he have now. chemistry with a certain player on that team, or on the he... Canadian team? No, 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 no. On the on, a, on oh, this club team. Yeah, like, I don't want to. Sorry, I don't want to put you in a position where. No, you're no, like, no. That's I, fine. I cannot tell you the lineup of this yeah. squad. So they've they've said that he what he's been able to do it with Lille is play off of a striker and mm-hmm. find the pockets like either knockdowns or a guy wins the ball. So he's sure. he's good at finding space, sort of in behind a traditional number nine, and they've always thought that. 
Kyle Laren could be that guy. Mm -hmm. And at times, David and Laren have worked well together, but other times you watch him play and you're like, those guys have no chemistry. How do you think Herdman will deploy Davies in the World Cup? Oh, my God. I have heard every... Literally every single option has been thrown Keeper. up. But honestly, people that I like know and respect as pundits in football are like, mm-hmm. they should play him at center mid. Right. They should play him as a box-to-box number eight mm-hmm. and just let him run wild. I think that he'll be utilized as a, a high-up-the-pitch like attacking winger or attacking outside midfielder and okay. just get guys one-on-ones and just go, go, just go, 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 go. Yeah, I mean, it's... You can switch it up depending on the scenario in the game, though, can't you? Yeah, if you're leading, then yeah. you you put him into his more play a more natural left back where you play. Well, with more Bayern, likely, right? what if you're trailing? I mean, you could throw him as a striker. To be perfectly honest, you could just put him up as a, as a ten or mm-hmm. as a nine. Sorry, and just be like, go. Don't you want to take advantage of his speed on the wing? You do. You also want to take advantage of his abilities as a as a defender because he's got the unbelievable tracking right. back ability. So fast, mm-hmm. right? And that's where Canada. If you're going to, honestly, I know we're way over for time now, but if you're looking for one thing that I think they might be able to exploit, it's that uh, they are going to be the fastest kids alive compared to a Belgium group that's a little bit older and a little bit slower and a Croatian group that's a little bit older. And all of a sudden, I'm not saying they're slow, slow, but you're not going to, I don't think they have anyone that has the pace of Davies because nobody does. He's one right. of the fastest players in the world. Yeah. Buchanan's in that conversation, right? So you're looking at it and you're saying, are there more guys like that that you can maybe exploit? Because that's kind of what they did in CONCACAF. They were just faster than a lot of other we're teams. We're like a month away from the World Cup. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We have big plans, by the way. Halbro has big plans for World Cup watch party. That first game against Belgium, we got big plans. I don't want to throw it out there yet because it's not quite finalized, but we're very excited about it. Pa- party at Bruff's house. Yeah. Everybody's invited. Well, you spoiled it. Was your what we learned? Watch <laughs> CF Montreal, and you no. make fun of my baseball. No. What we learned? It was uh, this was a good weekend to be excited about Canada at the World Cup. Okay. Then we the do s- make fun of your what we learned. Yes, you so. but we yeah. also make fun of health and then, for his constant soccer talk. So and then what the, are you going to do? The sub what we learned was maybe pay attention to CF Montreal. Like anyway, you, like you've got baseball, Halford's got soccer. I probably talk too much golf on this Pickleball. show. Pickleball, right? Pickleball as well. And he's got Halloween. And he's got Halloween and kids, like, children. Star Wars. Hobbies. (laughs) Yeah. I've got cereal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right? All right. Uh, Children's hobbies. Children's Children's hobbies. hobbies. (laughs) Send send in your what we learned into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. my favorite part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. I love this song. You know why? Because of this part right here. Cannot be in a bad mood when this song is playing. Hey, you can just see A Dog back there. He's got that wry little grin, slowly nodding his head. Can't wait till we get the stream going with tapping his toe. When are we gonna start streaming? Yeah, you couldn't actually imagine someone like sitting in a dark room, drinking, and then this music is playing and they're sad. No, it's... like I'm so confused right now. Listen to this. <laughs> I feel like dancing. Oh God, it's Monday. 
Halford and Bruff of the Morning, the show you are listening to right now is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are also brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Humanoid time, what we learned. Dot matrix, print them out. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. It is the Smalt alternative. Uh, let's get this underway. We've had numerous text messages for people pointing out that uh, Jason Dickinson had a three-point night on Saturday for the Chicago Blackhawks. Was it a goal and two assists? Yeah, Kevin on the road, what we learned. Dickinson got one goal and two shorthanded assists on Saturday. Jeez. Of course he did. Other people pointing out that apparently he broke his hand last season and nobody noticed. He didn't even know. No one knew. Doctors. <laughs> the shot actually got better. Yeah. Dickinson. No one had any idea. Playing with a mystery broken hand. Uh, one from Comox. What I learned. October equals sports happiness. Sure does, brother. Preach. I'm I, like, I, I, again, I know that Saturday was a bummer. I know the Canucks laid an egg in Philly, but my Saturday, because it really only meant. I don't want to define me. sports happiness this way. Sports happiness means your you know team what? wins. You're right. Uh, sports satisfaction. Yeah. I sat there and I watched. Sports, just sports. No, October no. equals sports. I sat there and I watched a bunch mm-hmm. and it delivered. Like the baseball all delivered. None of the games were blowouts. All the ones that I wanted to have drama and excitement had it. Yeah. Very rarely is anything in life that fulfilling. Anything. 18 innings for the Mariners without scoring a run and yet the game was awesome. Played two games. <laughs> two games worth of baseball and they didn't get a single run. Uh, what we learned unsigned, the Mariners were tied or leading for 30 of the 36 innings played against Houston. Is it possible to simultaneously be saddened and encouraged? Absolutely. If you're a Mariners fan, you have to be encouraged about this team. They've got a young core. Um, they've tasted the postseason. They've learned some lessons, hopefully. They still need to get better, and hopefully ownership will commit to spending the money. But so far, ownership has committed to spending some money. Um, I actually wonder about what do you, Laddie? What do you think the future of Robbie Ray is going to be like? Oh, it's tough. With once his velocity goes down, I think that was the concern when there were questions with the Jays were going to sign him long term. That was a real that's vote kind of, of his con- one trick pony, yeah. right? Like he's got two pitches, mm. and velocity is his game. He and pitched. He pitched well yeah. when he came in uh, in the extra inning game. That was a real vote of confidence, though. I was just like, okay, Robbie, we'll, we'll if it gets to eighteen, yeah, if it gets to the eighteenth inning, we'll we'll bring you in. He wasn't the guy that gave up the the, the winning yeah. run. Just right? try to shy, shy away from the ninety three mile an hour down the middle. Like, you are our last that possible again. choice, yeah. so yeah. you got to go in there now. <laughs> the moose is right behind you, yeah, and he looks good, so don't screw up. I, I would just lie to him. I'd be like, Robbie, we were saving you for last because we have the most confidence in you. I had a feeling Best it was last, going 18. Coach. Best for last. As soon as it got to 12, I knew it was going 18, Robbie. Uh, Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen with a What We Learned. Hashtag WWL. What We Learned. Jonah Hill will, will portray legendary golfer John Daly in an upcoming biopic. Okay, Not biopic. It, biopic. Is this true or is this just rumor? No, it's true. No, it's true. Okay. Uh, I will be... Very curious to see how this looks on TV. Um, Jonah Hill, to me, great actor. Uh, I've enjoyed him in many movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super bad. Wolf of Wall Street. I thought he was awesome in that. Moneyball. 
I wonder how good his golf swing is. Right. Right. He can't put in a stunt double. He's going to have to pull his weight here big time. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> How big will he be to portray well, John Daly? I say what? You're, he lost a ton of weight. He's no, going to he's he's... have to put on a, a bunch to have the same body that Daly had when he broke in. So I, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. They've got the – now I'm going to talk like an industry insider. Uh, we're hearing that Anthony Maris, the director of Hotel Mumbai, is attached to the project. Look at me. I sound like I'm in variety. <laughs> I wonder what the story will be, though. My, I, there's a dark side to John Daly that never gets seen discussed. The 30 for 30? I think they'll probably follow that. Oh, I haven't seen the 30 for 30. Yeah, so he, when he, obviously you know the story about when he broke in, he it was like the ninth exemption into that yeah, 1991. That. So right away uh, it was, I can't deal with this, and then the drinking started. Mm-hmm. right? And he had a pretty tumultuous upbringing, but there was also that outsider thing. Now don't get me wrong, like John Daly played college golf and, he was a like he didn't he wasn't like a guy that was playing the local muni all day because right. he couldn't get in anywhere. Yeah. But it's not like Tin Cup, right? But he was clearly like an outsider in terms of he didn't grow up with a lot of means and no one in his. He just taught himself how to play golf, and it was the whole grip it and rip it thing. But um, the demons are going to be fascinating to watch Hill play out because they coincided with the greatest moments of his golf career. Like he was careening personally, like off a like a tailspin. But then he'd have this remarkable comeback, and he'd and the British Open, right? Like that, and the, these amazing out of nowhere performances. Yeah. And it wasn't like he cleaned himself up. He was still a complete train wreck personally, but he managed to pull it together. Yeah. To win pe- this people have wildly different uh, opinions on John Daly. Some people absolutely just love him because he's, he's the everyman, and then other people look at him, they're like. Yeah, you're a waste of talent. Like you, right. you wasted your talent. Here's what I'll say: I don't think there'll ever be another John Daly. Eh. I, I just, I, th- I don't know. There's, 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 the there's scrutiny... types of guys like that all the time. Like, uh-uh, look at not like, like that. I well, think the scrutiny the name... would be too much. Come on, with, name, so, name... with social media and everything being on camera, all the shenanigans that he got up to in the nineties. Yeah, so but... people need more. So people with, with social media and the pressure on it, right? Like you need more ways to. Um... I feel confident cope. saying that. And we're... some people don't cope all that well. Like, he's the same as Gaza, right? Yeah. Well, right, that, that it, same idea. Except Gaza's health is like, completely fallen off. Like, he's, he's in awful shape. Oh, do you think John Daly goes to the doctor and the no, doctor's John like, still you're on... in amazing shape? No, but John Daly still can Keep doing whatever go... you're doing. John Daly can still actually go out and golf and all that stuff, right? That's awesome. uh, What we learned, this is from Dan, Bruff needs to stop cheering for Vancouver teams. That might be the only way they start winning. Well, if the Canucks... Have another bad start, I might consider it. Here's the problem. Because <laughs> I don't know how much more I could do. The problem with the bruff jinx and the inverse is that once you start doing it intentionally, it doesn't work, right? Like, if you want to see a team lose, you can't just say, well, I'm going to put the bruff jinx on them by cheering for them. It doesn't work that way. It needs to be more organic. Like, for example, you jumping on the Mariners' bandwagon was organic. And then what happened to the Mariners? They got swept. That's an organic breath jinx right there. I have to admit, though, I was cheering for the Mariners to come back against the Jays. So I started jumping on the Mariners bandwagon in game two of that series. I was the same way, but that was a little bit of Toronto schadenfreude. I'm like, eh, you know. It's I'm just not as big a Jays fan as I used to be. I was a hardcore Jays fan in the early 90s, and then I just kind of, they, they lost me for a bit. Then he met me. Yeah, and, and now I'm more of a Mariners fan because <laughs> yeah. I met Laddie because I, I know these. it annoys him. Blue Jays stink. I hate these guys. Uh, Joe Bob. Joe Bob the Jinx here, what we learned, 
the BC Lions are all but guaranteed to host a playoff game for the first time in six years. Okay, yeah, so here's the out. scenario with the Lions. Because they beat the Bombers over the weekend and because Calgary lost to Hamilton, choked against the Ticats, dare I say, the Lions' magic number is one. They've got a game Friday against Edmonton, in Edmonton, where the Elks have lost 16 straight. It's a guaranteed win night. And then their final home game is against, or the final game is not a home game. It's in Winnipeg against the Bombers. Will the Bombers be resting a bunch of their players for that game as well? I don't know. You'll have to ask their head coach. The Calgary Stampeders have two games remaining, both of them against Saskatchewan. And the Rough Riders are in competition for the crossover spot in the East. The Riders are not a good team, but they will be desperate. So the Lions should host a playoff game against the Calgary Stampeders, but I don't know. Given Vancouver sports history, if I'd say all but guaranteed. Uh, unsigned text, so it must be from Gary, and it's a what we learned. Hashtag WWO what we learned. Gary writes, so I guess Surrey isn't getting its pedestrian-only billion-dollar mega arena to use four times a year. That is correct, Gary. They are not. Uh, civic politics, they were heating up on Saturday. I was watching with bated breath, re- refreshing Twitter to see who was going to win the Surrey mayoral race. Right. And it was, it was, what about the school board? And it was Brenda Locke. <laughs> it was Brenda Locke. Over the outgoing Doug McCallum, who, of course, came on this In show. In a close one. Yeah, which... Mm-hmm. Says a lot, but um... <laughs> I noticed that Doug McCallum's vehicle wasn't in the greatest of shape when he dropped it off. Yeah, he returned that in rough shape, didn't he? That was interesting. Was this a rental? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I paid this, the damage. This car ran, o- right ran over my foot multiple times. Look at it. It's too bad because I looked forward to never going to that stadium because it was never going to happen. So is his downfall our fault? I don't think so. No, 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 no. You sure? I don't know. Someone put that on Twitter, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I didn't promise. As a mayor, a 60,000-seat stadium with plans, TBD, as in plans to build it. And, plans and no parking. Don't forget that. Yeah, right. And, and also, yeah. Uh, all the other stuff with Doug McCallum. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> that that promise, that campaign promise aside, there were some other issues. But uh, I actually honestly wonder what they're going to do with the RCMP there. Uh, I don't like, know. Maybe. Do you have any? Do you know what I'm talking about? May, yeah, but maybe that can be the tenant for the stadium. They're just going to hang well, out there. Haven't they already hired a bunch of cops? Yes. Now, can they just be like, oh, you're RCMP now? I think I read the RCMP a... would be like, uh, we haven't trained them. Yeah. Or they're about a third of the way through the transition, I think. Yeah. So Now what do we do? We'll see. Ah, municipal debates on yeah. the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet. This is why I got into sports radio, actually. Uh, basketball Phil, who loves college sports, what we learned, Tennessee upset Alabama. And the school students rushed the field and took the goalposts down. Yeah. Now... The same university that generates $150 million every year in athletic revenue is doing a GoFundMe to replace those goalposts. Yeah, come on. And that's hilarious. Take that down. I don't know why that's up. I do love that uh, in the SEC, there are so many teams that could be relevant. Like Tennessee hasn't been relevant for a long time. No. But now they're back. But now a school like LSU is completely out of it. Yep. Right? I mean, the SEC, as much as people love to hate it, it's the best college football. Well, it's not even close. Although, in the atmosphere there, like, I, I, I would love – I've never been to an SEC game, but you watch that game, and I think Canadians watch those games, and they're like – so there was like 100,000 people yeah. 
at that Tennessee Alabama game in Knoxville, which is a town of like two hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't the Simpsons go there once? Knoxville? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't the they? Home of the Wicks Fear. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, they had the World's Fair there. That's right. right. That's yeah. why they went there. I forgot about that. Knoxville. Bart was it's a small. It's a. It's a pretty small town. Yeah. Um, and like they've got this hundred thousand seat stadium. It's the same in Alabama. A hundred thousand seat stadium. It would be incredible to go and experience that. Um, all due respect to the SEC, aren't there four Pac-12 teams in the top 25 right now? There is Oregon, USC, UCLA, UCLA and I believe Utah. Yeah, right. Utah just upset SC, though. Right. Yeah, right. four. And they're all in the top 15, never mind. Utah's mm-hmm. 15. Pac-12 is back, baby! West Coast football, baby. Gotta of course, love it. Of course, USC and UCLA will soon no longer be part of the Pac-12. But, right, uh, they're leaving. But that's besides the point. You guys Mar- shouldn't remember the uh, the Knoxville Simpsons episode, though. That's it! Back to Winnipeg! <laughs> then Nelson slapped Iconic, him. Yeah. yeah, Nelson slapped him. You fellas yeah. gonna buy some wigs, or ain't ya? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marcus and Gibson's. Hashtag WWL what we learned. I learned that Russ is playing another primetime game. So we all know that means his cooking is going to stink. I am so excited to watch another Denver Broncos game in primetime. Do mm-hmm. they only play primetime games now? How many primetime games is this? It feels like too many primetime games. They should have given them some uh, time to figure out the offense first. Well, why, don't we, why don't we kind of like backload the Broncos? Uh, How on earth? Are the Broncos getting like a fifth primetime game when Bills and Chiefs got played at 125 in the afternoon yesterday? Yeah, but that's kind of a primetime game. No, there's only primetime is primetime. It's at night. Focus. You get a theme song. Someone does a cool pregame show. Oh, the Denver Broncos. They stink. Uh, Jake in beautiful Fairview Slopes. What we learned, all the people saying the NFC West was going to be one of the toughest divisions in football were wrong. It might be one of the worst. Yeah, there's a three-way tie for first place in the NFC West. Yep. And they're all 3 and 3. I don't know what to make of honestly any of these teams. Yeah. The I the, the last thing I expected on the weekend was the 49ers to give up 28 points to the Falcons of like the defense. Do you know who the Niners have next? No. The Chiefs. Oh wow. So the Chiefs are going to go to Santa Clara. To play the Niners, so, and they're going to be in a bad mood so, after losing yeah. to the Bills, right? So that's a tough one. Um, the Rams, like, I don't. How much stock do you put in the Rams beating maybe the worst team in the NFL in the Carolina Panthers? Like, not much. Yeah, they don't look good. The Cardinals, they look fine. Right? The Cardinals are really bad. The Cardinals are really bad. I'd be furious if I was a Cardinals fan watching that game and just some of the decisions that were made. They don't finish drives. Yeah, it's all field goals. Like it just it looked it looked for the first part of that game that yet another team was going to run the ball at will on the Seahawks. Yeah. And then the Seahawks kind of figured it out. But they were helped by a Cardinals team that just, they don't look like they know what they're doing on offense. Right? And I know Kingsbury just got a contract extension. And I know Kyler Murray just got a big contract extension. But if the Cardinals have another bad season and they're well on their way, they're two and four, you can't keep the coach. They got to um, bring in a new coach. I saw a stat. Laddie just asked permission to speak. Yeah, well, I don't talk about football though. often. Okay, go but ahead. I saw a stat about Kyler Murray. The Cardinals are now two and forty-seven when Call of Duty has a double XP yes, weekend. Yes, I know. That can't be a coincidence, right? That so no the underlying theme here is that Kyler Murray plays so much COD that on what are these double point weekends? Double experience weekends that he foregoes studying the playbook and getting sleep, and he binges Call of Duty. Um, I don't know. 
Two and forty-seven. That's I mean, that's... it is. It does go beyond coincidence, and I do like dabbling in conspiracy theories. So let's roll with it. I'm gonna roll with it, and I'm being sued for libel. Kelly and Maple Ridge hashtag WWO. What we learned. I learned that the Mariners ended up with not one but two home playoff games. That's true. Unfortunately, they were both in the same night. Actually, same day. Man, back-to-back shutouts too. Yeah, you know, you would like to have done better. <laughs> So what? What I, try, I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't find it. What was? I wonder what the total runtime on that game was. I know it uh, got six and a half hours. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It was something in that Jeez, ballpark. That's a long time to be at the park. It was. It wasn't the longest baseball game ever, but it was the longest game to ever go that long without a run. It sure felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was a. Long but that was entertaining, though, wasn't it? Not like no. Laddie's was out anyone, on was anyone bored by that? No, I don't it was think great. so. Right. Laddie's out on baseball though. When the Jays lost, he said he's out. He doesn't I'm out on baseball. I'm just, just putting words Who are you cheering for Why are you now? out on baseball? Who are you cheering for now? If you had to pick one team to win. Who Maybe Cleveland you? just because of the Naylor-Canadian right. angle. Like, that's yeah. really it. Yeah. That's all I can get. I'm getting behind the biggest villain in baseball yeah. right now, Josh. Well, Taylor. he's a villain to the Yankees. So, like, enemy of know, your enemy is your I friend. I don't know, I, like, I love a demonstrative home run gesture as much as anyone even i was like you know why oh come on you're, you're policing home run shots no on that? no no come on. no 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 i'm not i just you got to pick your spots he that we're in the playoffs what other better spot they were down there? 3-1 he so? made it 3-2 they lost the game if you put it this way if it was a walk-off if it was jordan alvarez's or going back to joey bats and that's the celebration fill your boots man if mike halford hits a home run in the playoffs i'm expecting you head down Run those bases, not an ounce of joy. If I'm down, put it this way. The next time I hit a dinger in the Major League Baseball playoffs and we're down 3-1 and my shot makes it 3-2, I will humbly tip my cap and just trot around the bags. If I walk it off, I'm going to be dangling. I'm going to do all (laughs) sorts of dances. I'm going to do the gritty down the first baseline. You'll see. All right. I feel like we did this on Friday where we said at the end of the show, come on, Canucks, get a win. Come on. Oh, we did. Come on, guys. Like, I'm doing it again. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Do not make us come in tomorrow morning and talk about the same old stuff. Can they get a win without taking the lead? Is that possible? Uh, I already called it. Win a shootout. It's going to be a Thatcher Demko special. First start tonight. Canucks shut out. Come on, boys. The Capitals. There you go, Turn this narrative around. Let's go. Okay, we get really we gotta go. That's why I'm saying that. Uh signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.